Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Trinity. And welcome Welcome to to the Joy Joy Podcast. Podcast. So joy is always there waiting for you. It's not something that goes away. And the joy checklist is something that I designed to help you find it, to help me. Oh, I really designed it to help me find it. Mm. Um, And so in this podcast, we're devoting an episode each month to the joy podcast and um, I mean the joy checklist and a question at a time. So this episode today is going to be the very first question on the joy checklist. Yay. Yay. Okay. I love how you said that it it was designed to help you find it. It was. Because I feel like I've heard like Rita Springer. Rita. I love Rita. She's amazing. I feel like I've heard her say like, like when writing songs, like you write for your own sanctification first. Mm. And then if it benefits other people, then bless the land. I love Rita. She's amazing. Do you follow her on Instagram? Yes, of course. She doesn't post that much, but when she does, it's I like, read every word, and it's so good. It's so good. Oh. It, she don't miss. Thank you, Rita. We Rita love you. Miss. Thanks Rita's for okay. being so faithful. Yes. So I wore my retainer and did a white strip. Mm. Look at me go. I haven't done any kind of whitening. Mm. I'm concerned about my teeth being dingy. Oh. Are they dingy? No, they're beautiful. You also have really nice gums. I do? Yeah. Really? I feel like your gums are what gums are supposed to look like. Really? Like, I feel like they told me, like, the color that gums are supposed to be, and I'm pretty sure that's it. (laughs) It's amazing, because your girl don't floss. Oh. Mm. Should I have said that on the (laughs) Does anybody floss? Like, who actually flosses? I, okay. Enneagram ones. Ones. They probably floss. I don't floss as regularly as I should but when I got a dental visit that's on the calendar I floss for a week straight and Mm -hmm. they're like oh my gosh you're doing so well with keeping up on your flossing Uh and you're like thank you I just floss for the affirmation I'm sober for five days yeah yeah (laughs) but uh, gosh when I went to the dentist right after Lily Kate was born I was like I just went in and was like listen I am not flossing, and I did not even do the courtesy floss for five days before I came in here. Yeah. So just take me as I am. This yeah. is where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they yeah. appreciate it. Okay, though, on the subject of flossing, John Worley, my mm-hmm. father, loves to reference this 10-year study on flossing, wow. which shows that it doesn't actually do anything. Well, look at God. Mm-hmm. He said, I designed your gums. Mm-hmm. To keep up with themselves. Right? Like, floss was <laughs> not in the garden. Floss, floss was... There were a lot of things that weren't in the garden. And no. we know floss wasn't there either. Right. A lot of the stuff that we were... You know what? So lashes weren't in the garden either, but... How do we know? We would in a mirror, How so... How do we know? That's true. How do we know? The fall <laughs> could have caused our lashes to be <laughs> mediocre. That's true. What if our lashes were to our brows? That's true. That's In a, our mm. fullness and our abundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we know? Mm-hmm. We're just here to promote joy, guys. <laughs> so the joy of not flossing. The joy of not just, flossing. just set yourself free. It was a 10-year study. Do we know any dentists that will be listening to this? <laughs> if my dentist is watching, I love you. Today's episode features our very own Roland Wharton. Roland. We love Roland so much. Um, I think we talked about this in the episode, but I've known Roland since I was like, I think they moved to the United States. Um, they're originally from England. And I think I was like 18, 17 or 18 when they moved here. And I am now 37. So wow. that's like 20 years. Wow. That's you really incredible. have known Roland for like 20 years. That's amazing. I've only known Roland for 10 years, which is which still, is a, still a long minute. time. Yeah. yeah. 
and yeah probably in like the last five years he became like spiritual father yeah both him and shireen, and shireen. spiritual father we're gonna get shireen on here too shireen's gonna be a good time i can't wait they're amazing but roland has a book on joy mm-hmm. so so we thought who else who else but Roland has to be on our podcast. He really was like one of the first people that we reached out to when we had the idea for the podcast. And he was like so excited and so supportive right away yes. and hopped right in. And he was so our very first guest episode that we recorded with. He was yes. so professional. So professional. But Love like the funny part is, is like he's so deep and so like reputable in ministry. Mm-hmm. But he takes us and what we have to say so seriously. Yeah, he never makes us feel silly or ridiculous. He loves who we are and who God has created us to be yeah and receives it and will join in with us even though that's not like and we talked about this in the episode too like he he is a more serious kind of person but he does never he never makes anyone feel less than for not being like him right which is amazing so that was one of the reasons we wanted to have him on the podcast is because he brings a different um aspect of joy which he really does so he really does you're going to love this episode. It is a little bit more of a serious episode yeah. than you might otherwise find with us. So get like really focus and listen and just like hear what God has for you in this episode. And I think you're going to be blessed. So blessed. Enjoy. Friends, we are here today with Roland Wharton. Yay! Beth and I both love Roland so much. Mm-hmm. Like he has pastored us, and he's been a father to us in our lives. And um, I really have known Roland since I was like seventeen or eighteen. I think. Yeah, <laughs> quite a while. Yeah, I was younger too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think I really knew Roland, but I was around. I've been around Roland since I was like 14, mm-hmm. so it's it's been a it's been a hot minute. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks. We are so here. excited to have you here. <laughs> so we have a question that we just want to discuss, and it's a pretty broad question. So I feel like we can dive pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So it is: What fear, perfectionism, orphan thinking, or ungratefulness am I allowing to block my joy? <laughs> It's such a deep question, which is why we had Roland come and talk about it with us because he likes to talk about really deep stuff. Yes. He actually wrote a book about joy that came out last year called The Surprising Power of Joy. And I I was like laughing the whole time I was reading this, like, dang, Roland, this is so deep. It's so deep. <laughs> and I feel like he's just so good at communicating how multifaceted joy is. Yes. It's not just this frivolous, jovial Yay. Right. I mean, the side that people see of you and I all the time, but it's also like an anchor for us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was one of the reasons why we wanted you to be on here is because we feel like just since we are so different personality wise and the perception that someone might have looking at you versus the perception that someone might have looking at us is really different, but really we're a lot more on the same page than someone might realize just looking at us from the outside. Like joy is for everyone. Yes. Actually, for everyone, it's not just for people who wear rainbow earrings. Can we put it on our our backdrop here? It's like joyous for everyone. Okay, I wanted to read this book, this quote from Roland's book, really quickly. That doesn't necessarily have to pertain to our question, but I just thought was really good. Um, 
Much of the church can seemingly live with making little room for joy in their own lives or the lives of those around them, even celebrating the absence of joy. This is interesting because in scripture, the absence of joy is often a sign of judgment. Um, and then there's this verse, and gladness is taken away, and joy out of the plentiful field, and in the vineyards there shall be no singing, neither shall be shouting. The treaders shall tread out no wine in their presses. I have made their vintage shouting cease, which is in Isaiah 16. And then down here it says, but I wonder in the West in particular if we haven't starved our people of celebration, exuberance, and laughter because of some of the misconceptions about joy and its place in the kingdom. And I love that that quote came from you because like I just was saying, like, not don't take this the wrong way, but no one's thinking from you like celebration, you know, party, like that's not your like. Primarily what I carry. Right. So I love that you you encourage the church in that way um, because, like you said, joy is for everyone. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is this word misconception, mm -hmm. you know, and just encounter. I mean, joy was such a massive part of what God did in my life when mm -hmm. I met Jesus. I mean, just crashed in with so much joy. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was already living in the opposite, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of pain, and joy was something that I experienced just bumping into him and realizing yeah. that joy is something that he is. Joy is something that he wants to give. Mm -hmm. Joy is something that's not running out in terms mm. of who he is. There's not a lack of supply. Mm -hmm. Where, um, con contrary to that, experiencing much of the church that actually was celebrating an absence of joy, right. more reverent, mm -hmm. more holy, mm -hmm. more um, Christian, right. maybe to, to, to be... Um, pious and quiet mm -hmm. it was almost like the opposite of joy was celebrated mm -hmm. and i think that quote was just me saying hey hold on if we're going to look at absence of joy in the bible that actually is not a but, yeah that's not a good thing yeah, yeah it's <laughs> a sign of, of, of the lord may not be be um, right and even like joy. what you just said about holiness it's like holiness joy is holy mm. and so sometimes we have a misconception about what holiness actually completely entails obviously there's multiple facets but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean looking at the book of there's some pretty joyful things going on there. You know, mm -hmm. John popped his head into heaven there yeah. in the book of Revelation, and mm -hmm. there's some pretty joyful things going on. You've yeah. Got thousands upon thousands. Yeah, it's a holy moment. Yeah. I think as God's revealing himself, different facets of who he is, mm -hmm. the whole of heaven's saying, holy, holy, which actually means different. The word mm -hmm. holy, you know, again, has been mis misrepresented. Mm -hmm. um, it actually means different set apart mm. so my, my view is as god reveals another facet of himself the yeah. whole of heaven is saying you're so different mm. you're so set that's apart. good you're wow. so holy mm -hmm. that's what that's what's going on there and it's so funny to me how we don't just like naturally think that joy coincides with holiness mm. because i mean like if something is birthed out of the spirit of God, obviously it's holy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's funny that a lot of us in the church haven't made that connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so cool how, like I feel like this book, you make that connection very, very thoroughly and yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the bottom line is something that I cover in the book a lot is that joy, joy must be inherent in God himself, mm -hmm. otherwise we wouldn't experience it. Mm -hmm. Made in the image of God. Right. Joy is not something that came in with the fall. Mm -hmm. Joy is not part of the sin. Of course, anything that we right. experience can be um, can be moved into the realm of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Can be can become an idol for us. Right. Can become um, sin. Mm -hmm. But um, but joy is inherent in God. Mm -hmm. We're made in His image. He, 
he, he wants, wants us to experience it. Yeah. Let's talk about this deep question that we have here. <laughs> There's some, okay. Sure. <laughs> so the way I, so this is a part of our Joy Checklist series. And um, the, this is the first question, the Joy Checklist. And the, where this question came from was that on Instagram, I, I pulled and asked people, what do you think is blocking your joy? And then a lot of answers came in. And a lot of people were very specific about like things that were going on in their life. You know, like, well, my kids, when my kids, da, 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 which I was like, girl, mm-hmm, I get it. <laughs> but what we did is that Trinity and I and another friend of ours were looking through all the questions and we were kind of weeding through them and like uh, reading between the lines. We're like, oh, so what she's saying here is that she thinks that if she doesn't hold it all together, then it's going to fall apart. So perfectionism. Yes. Or if I don't get it together myself, it won't happen. So we were kind of, like you said, reading between the lines and narrowing down perfectionism, fear, orphan thinking, or even like lack of gratitude. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the season. There were a lot of people that were like, well, I just can't wait until it's just so hard right now, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, okay, so we're just not in gratitude for the current season that we're in, mm-hmm. which... Story of my life. We've all been there, right? <laughs> like, there's no shame there, that, but that's what that is. So that's how this question came to be and why there's so many kind of big words in there. Um, so anyway, first thoughts. What do we What do we think about some of this stuff? Yeah, I love some of these thoughts. I love the way you've consolidated it down. You know, we've got perfectionism and gratitude, orphan thinking. Um, these, for me, are like overarching um, themes. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really good is to look at the root system that those things come from. Mm-hmm. I think they're actually fruit mm-hmm. of some deeper issues. So per- perfectionism, what is, what is the root system to perfectionism? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, want to take that one first. I mm-hmm. think it's really great to look at the difference between excellence and perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking earlier, and uh, I think you've got a great Brene Brown. Yes. But just looking that? at the difference between showing up as my best me mm-hmm. and moving into excellence mm-hmm. uh, versus perfectionism. Perfectionism is, is so much more about how people perceive me yeah. than it is about me being aligned with my design, mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. and looking at what He's saying to walk out in yeah. the spirit of excellence. Yeah. It's really about how I'm perceived. Right. And that's where just the enemy will always want to take something that God gives excellence and bring it over into something where he can rob you right. of your right. joy honestly right. uh, th- here's this quote from Brene Brown it printed real real nice and big so I can read it <laughs> perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect look perfect and act perfect we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame judgment and shame it's a shield Man, Brene. It's a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when, in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. Yeah. Wow. She's got some great study on vulnerability. Yeah. But I love this um, about perfectionism um, versus excellence. And I love what you said. You know, how do we assess, how do we get to a place where we're Mm self-aware or that we're allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us and make Mm -hmm. us aware of where we're we're crossing that line into mm-hmm. something that robs us from joy mm-hmm. rather than walking out our best mm-hmm. version of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a great discussion. I yeah. Think. And I love what you said about being aligned with our design because like nothing yeah. God does, like it, nothing's going to fall short if he does it, right? So mm-hmm. if we're aligned with our design, 
we will be excellent. Yeah. But and we'll want to move further and further towards excellence. Yes. Yeah. But perfectionism is realizing, well, not even realizing, like feeling like you're constantly missing the mark and not stepping into that alignment. You know right. what I mean? And it's not even like we have to do anything. Like he's already aligned us. And perfectionism, we're we're not realizing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a fear. Yeah. Back to a fear root of not not being accepted, not being enough, not being yeah. good enough. I mean, shame is a whole subject. We could do a whole podcast on shame, right? But you know that difference between um, what well, shame says I'm faulty. Right. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with shame me. Shame says there's something wrong with me at the core. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's it's a fruit of the fall, right? Yeah. In mm-hmm. Genesis, we see that Adam hid from God. Mm-hmm. And said he felt ashamed, so he, he made coverings for himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that perfectionism is part of that. Mm-hmm. We're making a covering for mm-hmm. the parts yeah. that we don't think are acceptable. Right. Actually, God's saying all So that along, no one can see this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. God's saying all along, I l- actually, I love who you are at yeah. the core. I don't mm-hmm. love everything you do, but right. I love who you are. So it, it's identity. Issues. Right. And that love is big enough to look right at the things that are not okay mm-hmm. and not feel any concern like just we're gonna move forward out of this but I just see it all and I love you just the same like you didn't know about it already right Right. (laughs) and I think perfectionism also stems into like us trying to do it ourselves like Mm -hmm. instead of handing it over to him and being like Lord created me a clean heart Mm -hmm. this is what like can you do this in me perfectionism is let me create in myself a clean heart yeah let me do it on my own yeah and that is detrimental, yeah. you know, because, I mean, we don't have the capacity to wash ourselves. Yeah, how is that working out for us? Yeah. yeah. No. It doesn't work very well for me. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that kind of moves into the orphan thinking part of that question, which, so we were talking about this before, that we have been in environments for a long time that talks about orphan thinking. But if you're not familiar with the concept of orphan thinking, um, we have some examples here do you want to read those yeah so an orphan doesn't know where his or her next meal is coming from so that's like a literal orphan yes an orphan doesn't know much about his or her identity an orphan has no security about who will take care of them an orphan has no one to cherish or treasure him or her Hmm. lacks a family to lean on for help or comfort Mm -hmm. so if you have orphan beliefs about yourself, then you'll find yourself walking as though those things are true about you mm-hmm. when they're not because the Bible says he's not going to leave us as orphans. Tell me why when I read this, I was like, <laughs> dang, I'm an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us why? <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're on a journey, a aren't we? <laughs> well, I actually have a story about this that... Uh, was a moment where I was having this like oh well darn that's me (laughs) Um, so many many years ago some of y'all know part of mine and Jake's story is that we were really broke for a really long time and it was just really difficult and so there was and just stretched thin like there was no there was no buffer in our time there was no buffer in our finances there was it was just not balanced so um, in that season where I had a lot of extra responsibility on me because Jake was working so much, um, it was like, you know, we needed to eat dinner. And I, was, I just was like going to cry. I'm like, I cannot cook another meal. I just cannot. But also we couldn't pay our mortgage that month. 
And that was like, we knew that that was where we were at. And I was like, God, I just want to take everybody and go to Chipotle. Like, can we just go? To and But I felt so much shame. I was like, but I can't because I can't pay all my bills. So I can't do this extra thing. That's an extra thing. So I don't deserve that. The deserve word. That's a big one. So, and God just spoke to me and was like, do you think that if you go to Chipotle tonight that I am not going to take care of you? And I had to be like, well, I sure do. In fact, that's what I think. Yeah. You know, and I, but it just stopped me because you don't, you know, it is so subconscious sometimes the way that you're acting out your beliefs. Mm-hmm. is So sometimes you just have to hear that straight of a question and then be real honest about what the actual answer is because I know the right answer, obviously. But the real answer in my head was no i really didn't i really didn't think i was gonna say so we went to chipotle that night Amen. yes so we good. did and he took care of us and actually another part of that story is that we needed a miracle like 12 months in a row to pay our mortgage and we saw a lot of miracles in that season and we're not in that season anymore thank goodness but um but i learned about how much god does want to provide for me and that i'm so safe trusting him like obviously the decisions that we make are important and everything but um but yeah that was a huge moment of revelation in my life about my orphan thinking so yeah even we were talking about this before but I was like I feel like an area of my own orphan thinking is I feel like I have to hear God so perfectly like if I don't hear him right on this thing and I misstep he's not going to course correct me I'm just going to be left out, out to see the, yeah. yeah yeah and I'll end up getting God's second best mm-hmm. I won't get I won't get what he actually has for me and I mean that's how humans are right like mm-hmm. if we mess up in the eyes of one of our friends right. they might withhold something from us mm-hmm. because oh well you didn't do this the way that I would have had you do it mm-hmm. so here's second best yeah. you know what I mean and I mean, obviously, not a good friend would do that. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who would, but right. that is not who our father is. Yeah. But I think that's so difficult for us to comprehend sometimes being in our flesh. Mm-hmm. And that just showed, like, that showed an area for me where I was not fully living in the revelation of how much he loves me mm-hmm. and how much he wants to order my steps and come through for me and provide for me and then just hold me when I mess up. So good, such great stories. And um, I think it all comes down to, for me, is what we think about God's the most important thing in our life. Mm -hmm. What we think about who he is, it'll determine whether we run to him or from him, Mm -hmm. determine whether we believe he's an angry judge Mm -hmm. or a good father, it will determine everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, that's a, a massive route for me in my life is, putting all these things and filtering them through the, the true nature of God. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, we've been taught different things about him from different mm-hmm. places. I love all denominations. I work with all denominations. I, I love all streams. I love what God's doing in the body of Christ, you yeah. know, that the whole body of Christ. We've worked internationally, worked with different streams, different 
places uh, in, in the nations where mm-hmm. the church looks different. To right, and it's interesting to get to be in different parts where you can really see different it perspectives. Is, yeah, it it's amazing and, and, and learn things. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, they, they are really an expression of God. I think something with the Middle Eastern church we're around a lot is making a lot of room for celebration and joy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was able to say in the book, hey, I'm, I'm sh- not sure in the West we've really made room for the mm-hmm. celebration of God. Because I've been around the Middle Eastern church that are uh, in unapologetically mm. joyful and mm-hmm. exuberant and just in loving Jesus and you don't have to prime it you don't have yeah. to uh, hype it it's just there yeah so um, that that's something that they're reflecting of, of what God's like but but back to this issue you know mm-hmm. how we see God is going to be the most important thing mm-hmm. um, Beth I, lo- I love what you said uh, and you know I think it's walking with the spirit too mm-hmm. isn't it? is there's moments where um, there'll be um, there'll be grace or there'll mm-hmm. be strength for, hey, I'm going to go to the cupboard and right. make spaghetti bottles. We're going to pull out that can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And there's times where he says, go have uh, go have steak with mm-hmm. your family because uh, I really Because I've got this. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's just really listening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. And then what you were saying, like, our perception of God is important. I was literally in therapy like two weeks ago. So this is recent, guys. Still walk in joy when you're going through stuff. Sure can. So I was talking to my therapist about a situation, and I was like, well, I'm just scared of making God mad. And she was like, would you ever say that to a friend? Would you Mm -hmm. ever tell a friend that they can make God mad? And I was like, no. She was like, then why do you think you can? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know... I just think he expects perfection out right. of me. Like, he doesn't expect me to mess. Well, not expect. He doesn't. I mean, ultimately, I'm not thinking he's giving me the grace for when I mess up. Right. And she was like, are you just expecting that out of yourself? Hmm. And I was like, well, darn. <laughs> yeah, what are the lies we tell ourselves yeah. that we wouldn't tell a good friend? Right. That's a great yeah when it takes that honesty of admitting that you yeah like i think that god is going to be mad at me because we all know that that's not right but if we're but it takes the honesty of saying well this is really what i believe so i'm just going to say the words even though i know they're wrong and then asking the lord to come in and like heal that shame because i felt so much shame like i've Mm. been walking with jesus my whole life and i'm really sitting here at 24 years old being like I don't want to make him mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've heard the stories of how much he loves yeah. and all of the grace and all of the forgiveness. And I'm concerned about a misstep making him so angry with me that he won't course correct. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. And it, this is like, we all have this stuff, right? That we all do. And the important thing is to just find it and acknowledge it and then heal it and work through it. And just be honest with Jesus, like, well, this is what I really think, and I know this doesn't align with your words, so, like, let's let's deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Right. I'll give another example. Back in that season of my life where everything was so tight financially and so tight with time and energy and space and everything, it was so – that was when God started speaking to me about gratitude, and I read that book by Ann Boskamp, 10,000 Gifts, um, and that was, like – And then I think also maybe at that same time period, Bill Johnson came to our church and talked about gratitude. And I was like, 
again, I grew up in the church too. And I was like, wait, this is new for me. (laughs) Like what? Like I didn't know. And I had no idea the level of ungratitude that I was living in. And I started keeping a gratitude journal and it was so hard. Like, cause I was like, look at these 6,000 things that are not right in my life. And they were really not right. Like, let me just be clear. It was not good. Um, but like in Anne Voskamp's book, she talks about, um, like doing dishes and like the bubbles floating from the, you know, and like, oh, these are just like beautiful spheres of joy. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But, but yeah, right. I was like, I'm not there. But then God's starting to speak to me. Okay. We'll leave the big things alone for a minute, but let's go outside and look at the look at the fact that the sun came up this morning mm-hmm. and the grass is green and the flowers are blooming like those are the things that can be constant right that mm. so i had to start with those like the really really out there things that were pretty separate from my actual life mm. and it was like it was a discipline mm. <laughs> and it took me like a year of having the discipline and it started like you know maybe six months in it started okay then it started flowing a little bit more naturally okay yes the way my kid smiled at me this morning right before he pooped on the floor you know like (laughs) those kinds of things but it started flowing and flowing more and it, it, it it was like you know when you're just trying to create momentum and it was so hard but but that changed my life I love what you said about developing the discipline. Gratitude yeah. is a discipline. It does. It has to start to be a discipline. If wow. you've never walked in it before, it's I'm not a huge fan of the like just do it message, just hustle, just do it. Like that's not I don't love that. But I do think there's a place for those kinds of things. I just think it's overused. But in this situation, that was what I needed was to like literally sit there. You know, I'm like, I'm reading the studies. If you write down three things that you're grateful for every day, it's yeah. going to move your happiness, you know. Yeah. But it was true. It did. And yeah, so just starting small there mm-hmm. really changed my life. Logan, I don't think I've heard that story mm-hmm. and that part of your life before. And so I love hearing that. And, and I think the fruit is that you are a person that's so grateful, genuinely. Mm-hmm. We're around you and yeah. you exude that, you exhibit that, you carry that. Thank you. So I love hearing the, I love yeah, the hearing journey the, the journey there. And I think that's the key, right? Um, it sounds like an academic term, but that whole idea of um, embodying something. Mm-hmm. I think that God wants to get us out of an intellectual faith mm-hmm. and into an organic, if I can get another word that's overused, but um, there's a process. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan either of just the hey, tick it off, mm-hmm. go through the motions. Yeah. And you know, religious religion says, religious activity says, go through the motions and you're supposed to get this result. And what mm-hmm. happens when you go through the motions and you don't get the result? Mm-hmm. And again, right. it's relational. Right. Because I didn't feel like I was getting any result out of it for a long time. I was like, God, this is, I'm supposed to be excited about bubbles. This is not happening. <laughs> relational connection. Yes. It's, it's it's us and him in the process, mm-hmm. in the journey. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be uh, formed in us. Mm-hmm. It's not just an intellectual or religious activity. Yeah. 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 So just going back to what you were saying when you said you got, like, you felt like you didn't get anything in exchange for mm-hmm. like what nothing. you were doing and the way you were living yeah. and you felt like you were doing everything right. Mm-hmm. I kind of went through a phase where I thought that my faith was supposed to get me what I wanted out of God. 
and my brother, he had to he had to set me straight real quick, <laughs> as Jordan Wilson as does. Jordan Wilson will one hundred percent be a guest on this podcast. Oh yeah, he does. He, he just doesn't, doesn't know, know it yet. yet. He'll, He'll be on. He'll be on. <laughs> but he was like Trinity. Your faith is not transactional, and just because you have faith that God will do something doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get what you want all the time. Yeah, or when you want, or exactly the way you want. Or, right, yeah. right, exactly. And so I felt like I had a really great understanding of faith. And um, and I thought, like, because, you know, we always hear people talk about, oh, our faith pleases God, which mm-hmm. it does, that's biblical. But I feel like the Lord just shared with me that our faith is pleasing to him because, like, once he sees that we have the faith, he's like, okay, now we can do this. Yeah, well, and it, it, him, faith pleasing God, it, he's not a human. It's not like, you made me happy today, so I'm going to give you what you want. Right. It's, that's not, right. that's not how it works. Right, yeah. and I really think faith is like the channel through which we have relationship. It's not heavenly currency that we give up to God and he right. gives us what we want. Right. And so... My brother was like, yeah, it's not transactional. And I thought I had a great understanding. I was like, okay, I get it now. But then maybe two years later, I was at lunch with Lauren Taylor. We love her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Trin, I know you, like the Lord clarified this thing for you, but I feel like the enemy is sneaky and he's come in and he's added another variable. I feel like now you're believing that your faith plus your obedience is gonna get you what you want out of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Well, yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's yes. exactly how I believe." And even if that's not something that, even if I didn't admit to it, that was what was in my heart. Yeah. yeah. And what if God loves us too much to allow us to stay in a transactional relationship mm-hmm. with Him? You know, what good father? I'm I'm a father to grown boys. They're men now, but as a good father, I would not want my sons to remain. It would be an right. immature relationship. It would be a dysfunctional relationship to keep my sons in a transactional relationship mm-hmm. with me. That that would not be the the fullness of what God intended for for father son relationships. Right. And, and so God models that more than any earthly father could. Yes. So right. He loves us too much to keep us in a transaction transactional relationship. He'll allow that to run its course right. and to not work because he's going for something that's so much higher and that mm. is that is a love relational connection with us that far transcend tra- far transcends transaction yes <laughs> yeah saying that, Say that <laughs> yes. well and that's how i felt too i think when i was in that season of like i felt like okay i, I grew up in the church and i don't know what was being said but somehow what i received was if you because i think you know a lot of times in the church with kids we're like all these things and so I received if I do those things and I did them all that then my life would go perfect and so then I'm over here with this like really really imperfect life going um what the heck I did all the things why is this not working out and uh, and there's layers right like I might have done the things but I still had the orphan spirit right Mm -hmm. and that will guide you in ways that that you might not see but I had this spiritual entitlement that I thought because I did everything right which of course I didn't do everything right but you know like the big things that I should be receiving the fruit of this life that has no bumps 
Right. And that is just not how it works. Even when it seems, okay, then this is hard too, is when you watch somebody else's life, who it does seem like their <laughs> life has no bumps. Mm -hmm. And I had some people like that in my life where I'm like, what, what am I doing that you're not doing? Why right. am I here and you're there? And that's part of what we want to share here in this podcast and our Instagram presence. Like when things, I mean, some things are private, right? But sometimes you can just share like, I'm having a really hard day and here's, and here's how I feel back. Or like even as we're recording this podcast, my kids are upstairs and we told them not to jump around, but I just heard somebody jumping around. You know what I mean? Like it's not perfect. We're not going to act like we all have it together nor do we walk in perfect joy. Right. But we still want to share this message. And we can still have joy. Yes. Because joy is from the source of the Father, not from circumstances. And right. it's not an emotion. It's, yes. It's so much bigger than that. I think right. that's what you're saying. Yes. And it is so important to, like, it can't be, well, now all the things are better, so I have joy. Right. It's not, I like, for me, back to my season there, like, I really had to start learning about the joy message when all the things were terrible mm -hmm. and learning, I had to really learn how to look away from the orphan spirit, the ungratefulness, all the things that were like ingrained into my brain, yeah. right? Because there's brain science aspect to it all where you do have to retrain the brain. But part of that was, um, and I think Trinity and I are going to do an episode about this. It's like moving out of the, the soul, like what's kind of really happening and moving into the spirit of, okay, this is all true. But so is this. Yeah. This turn your eyes upon Jesus, the fullness of our face, and the things that were full grow strangely dim. Like that's true no matter what's happening. And I had to learn that yeah. in the at the lowest point. Um, and it took a lot of yeah. Someone said something brilliant uh, recently to me. They said that um, God uh, created your emotions and will let you process your emotions with Him. But he won't let you worship them. Yes. Ooh, so and cool. that was a humdinger. That's good. Um, that's so. And that just brings me to one of my favorite things that I've ever heard you say, because I mean, Trinity's latter half of 2021 wasn't great, but I was talking to Roland and his wife Shireen and processing. I was like, I'm just tired of being sad. I hate being sad. And Roland was like, Trinity. God created the full spectrum of emotion. Mm -hmm. Everything that you have the ability to feel, God gave you that ability to feel it. And the key is learning how to feel each one with him. With him. And that was so revelatory for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of those like milestone moments that kind of shifted my thinking. And mm -hmm. it's going to be something I hold with me for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Because in the church, we don't love the unfavorable feelings right. we don't think god is in those right but he is and like i went through a phase maybe a year or so after my mom passed away and i was like how in the world was james able to say count it all joy yeah. like i was mad that i read that right. i was <laughs> like how was i how can i count it all joy that my mom passed away right and then um I was really praying and asking the Lord, like, I need clarity on that because I don't get this. Right. And I mean, he took me to First Peter 1, right, where it talks about trials producing a fate that's more precious than gold mm -hmm. and like also producing the revelation of Jesus. Right. And I was like, okay, I get it. 
these hard times, like I can count these hard times as joy because the revelation of Jesus is at the end of every single one. And there's, it's not going to be wasted. Right. God's not going to waste it. He didn't like send it, but he's not going to waste it. Right. Yeah. And even, it's not even that the revelation of Jesus is at the end, but it's all throughout it's the, the trial. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that just goes hand in hand with whatever emotion you're feeling in the trial. Mm-hmm you can invite God into that. Yeah. That's so amazing. And and this too, I think that, um, you know, what we experience and the way we're transformed in a process that God takes us through is just not about us. Mm -hmm. The end is that he's kicking us into the agents of transformation. So there's enough joy for us and enough to give away. Mm -hmm. There's enough, we experience transformation. And, you know, I think about this a lot. The Holy Spirit hovered over chaos at the beginning of creation yeah. genesis 1 1 yeah. says he hovered he i hovered he, over chaos upstairs yeah right, <laughs> right. In Jesus. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but he's still doing that over every place yeah. of chaos mm-hmm. every place that doesn't align and look like heaven wow. holy spirit is still ready mm-hmm. and and we get to to live and move and have our being in god we get to walk in attitude of influence whether it's a mom whether it's uh, we're at starbucks whether it, we own our own business we're mm-hmm. a ceo we're a student whatever sphere that we're walking in uh holy spirit's hovering over places of chaos and we get to show up mm-hmm. as his hands and feet and yeah. bring heaven's answers what is the father speaking over this and so some of what we walk through is 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 a, a transformational process that prepares us for some of the places that we're to influence mm-hmm. you know i think some of the greatest places of, of trial and some of the greatest places of pain for me reveal some of the greatest places of authority that right. we're to walk in mm-hmm. yeah you know and I know even in your own life, you know, walking with you is just such a great privilege of losing your mom and seeing you say yes to God mm-hmm. where others may not. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting your master's in counseling mm-hmm. and um, you get to show up having well, walked through some of those valleys. Earlier this year, we, on the anniversary of your mom's passing, or was it her birthday? Her passing. Her passing. Yeah. That day, we were with Roland actually recording for oh, that his... That was her birthday. That was her birthday, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Recording, and, and her brother as well, we were recording yeah. for your um, e-course. Yeah. And so on the day of their mom's birthday, they were sharing about joy. And so I just thought that was so beautiful. Because mm-hmm. that's not everybody makes choices like that. Yeah. And only father could do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. It says, right? beauty, it says beauty from cycling. ashes. Yeah. yeah, but it says beauty from ashes. And, you know, have you thought about ashes? Yeah. I mean, there's no way ashes can be put together. Right, and that's a hard anything. day. That's a hard that's day. That's a hard day. Every year is a hard day. Yes. But they both made the choice to come out and, like, share from the depths. Mm. Right? The depths. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. it's funny because, like, thinking about it, every single year on her birthday, those would be days that I would be curled up in the bed mm-hmm. crying my eyes out from like 6 a.m. to noon. Yeah. And the fifth year, like the fifth, like the year of the fifth anniversary of her passing was the year that the Lord was like, you know what? I'm going to transform this. Here's the beauty. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. And even if you don't see it now, like even if you don't see the genuine faith or the more precious than gold faith or even if you don't see the revelation of Jesus yet just hang in there hang in there and 
like walking through it, I was not able to count it joy. Right. At all. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Stay yeah. in the game. Yes. Yeah. Stay in relationship mm-hmm. with yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even and wrestle with the things where you're like, God, this is what the Bible says, and I just can't get there. Because mm-hmm. he's the only one who can give you an explanation right. for that. Yeah. And the pathway to genuine joy, we were talking about this earlier, is not to deny right. or to stuff. Right. or to speak the opposite mm-hmm. it's to connect with the reality of what you're walking through mm-hmm. uh, in that relational connection with mm-hmm. them um, still able to access his joy mm-hmm. but still be completely and totally authentic and real about where you are yeah. he can handle that right yes. he, he, he's not he's not offended at our emotions he's not offended yeah. at our frustrations yeah. like he just might be bigger than that Living in the moment with him, though, you know, even we have secular researchers talking about living in the moment, li- yeah. being present. Yeah. You know, um, counselors are talking about that, and we're so distracted from everything from our phones. I'm guilty of that. But just learn to show up. But what what does it mean to be present in the moment with God, twenty four seven? Like, and and again, He'll keep in perfect peace whose mind stayed on Him. Mm-hmm. We know that scripture, but very practical mm-hmm. that was yeah. one of my verses yeah i would just like i'd be in like such a deep place and i would have my little card but eventually i would get there and it was a lot of work but i'm like well the bible says this so it has to be true and i just have to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and gradually it does build a new pathway yeah. in the brain yeah. that's easier to access yeah once it's built and it's like i think um dr caroline leaf talks about like the visual of like having a machete and chopping through the forest i think it's her that has this visual and that's like when you're starting to build that pathway it's like so hard but then eventually someone can just walk down that path that you're carving and that's what you do for yourself yeah and circling back to what you were saying about like him being able to handle that stuff like he's able to handle our places of pain Mm -hmm. and he's able to handle our anger and our emotions um it just reminded me of dr cassie Cassie. she's gonna be on the podcast too but she is one of my professors and she had us writing a letter from God to us and I was real nervous about it because I was like oh my gosh I don't I don't know if I could like can I hear him right you know what I mean and well I mean I know I hear God but I mean sitting right, down right. and like okay Lord what are you saying let me write it down to myself and the whole letter was surrounded like was focused on the fact that God is not intimidated by my broken heart mm-hmm. And, like, we are so intimidated by... Imagine that. Imagine that. How about that? Ain't that funny? Ain't that something? It's just big enough. How about that? (laughs) But it's funny because, like, we are so intimidated by broken people. Like, we see a broken person and we immediately put a red flag over them. Which, I mean... Sometimes it's appropriate. Yeah. Boundaries, right? But God is not intimidated by any area of brokenness. He's not overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by anything that we could feel that's unfavorable. Yeah. He wants all of those pieces. He wants all of those ashes. And that's so crazy to wrap our minds around, but I feel like that is also an area where the enemy is like trying to block our joy Mm -hmm. he's saying because i mean we can't step into joy if we think that we're too broken for god Mm -hmm. or if we think that 
absolutely. I can't, I can't give this to you because it's too ugly. Yeah. There's absolutely no way that joy is accessible to us in that space. Yeah. But the second we're like, okay, I understand you're not intimidated by this. Yeah. You're so much bigger than this. Yeah. Yeah. That is like such a catalyst for true genuine joy. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in the book, the whole issue of, again, how we see God. If we um, believe there's a problem on our end that we can fix, if we believe there's fundamentally a problem on God's end, i.e. he can't handle who mm-hmm. I am, he can't handle my emotion, he can't handle my brokenness, he's not into joy, mm-hmm. um, then we're absolutely locked. Mm-hmm. And it's a strategy, again, back to how we see God. And unfortunately, certain parts of the church have presented God as mm-hmm. you know anti-joy, we talked about this, or as, uh, you know, being more miserable and being more serious is more holy, more acceptable to God. And that's just not true. Right. There's a place to be still and know that I'm God. There's a place right. to greet, mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. Maturity tells us, right. mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. So there's a maturity journey there where we get to show up for people as they need to mm-hmm. as a mature representation of God. Mm-hmm. But there's nowhere that it says that um, that uh, sorrow and a lack of joy is more holy and more acceptable to God than joy. Right. And so if we're not making room for joy and the joy of God, we're already locked. Mm-hmm. And, and for our own brokenness, if we can't handle our own brokenness, where do we go? Yeah. If, if we can't go to God, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Yeah. Right. It's not going to be good. It's not going right. to be good. Yeah. Brain science even says that our brains, the way that our brains are hardwired is we're going to look for joy right. everywhere that we can find it. And if we don't find joy, uh, in some in God, if we don't find joy joy in the ways that He says we're to find it, mm-hmm. we will look for it everywhere else. Yes. We we will we will try to find it, and yeah. that's certainly a pattern in my life. And that's the case with all of us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we're in a season where we're not, we're feeling like we're not getting what we want to get out of God. Like we have the option of staying pressed in, knowing that. Mm-hmm whatever he's doing he's going to work it for good or we have the option of going to look for it elsewhere and right. so many times we take off and we're like i'm just going to do me and i'm going to go find it wherever yeah. i want to find it yeah that reminds me of um back to that quote from Brene brown it's the brain is trying to avoid pain mm-hmm. right so we're that's where you're the Sometimes people think that they're finding joy by avoiding pain. Mm. And really that's not true. Well, it's not even remotely true. But so much of the actions that we choose to make that are sort of contrary to the word of God are in the pursuit of avoiding pain. And I think that's what, like back to the original question, um, you, you know, the fear, the perfectionism, like I, I think a lot of, so a lot of people that follow me are young moms. So a lot of, when I asked that original question, what do you think is blocking your joy? There was a lot of really practical things. Like I just can't keep the house clean, you know? Yeah. And God sees that. Like God sees that. He knows that your desire is for order and he gave that to you and it's good, but he also gave you seasons Right. And, you know, there's so many layers to that. But I yeah. think that's such a tangible thing of like the season that you're in and, you know, like God's seeing exactly where you are. And also, though, if your house is perfectly clean, you're still going to have pain in your life. That's not going mm-hmm. to prevent. So you might as well find the joy right exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. And with the messy house, the kids pooping on the floor, potty training, sleepless nights, like 
all the things that are really truly happening, you may as well just go ahead and set it aside and learn to find the joy anyway. Right. So and good. ask the Lord where it is. Yes. Yeah. Because he has it for you. Mm-hmm. And you just can't you just can't avoid the pain mm-hmm. of your season. Mm-hmm. And if you try to, it's you're just going to make yourself more miserable. Right. Like yeah. asking the Lord and I mean, I know this is as somebody who's walked through this, this seems impossible, but like while my mom was sick, I can't honestly say that there were moments where I was like, Lord, where's the joy in this? I mean, I was a teenager. Yeah. But <laughs> but even in situations like that, we can do that. And yeah. it seems so unrealistic. And Beth, before I even knew you super well, I was like, man, she must not have anything going on in her life. Like she must, she must have like, <laughs> she must be having a good time all the time. There must not be anything that sucks. Yeah. But getting to know you and like seeing your death it's like oh wait a second she's aware of the tribulation that jesus said we would have Mm -hmm. she's had it yeah but she's able to be of good cheer because she knows he overcame it and she knows that 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 she did some work (laughs) she did the hard work (laughs) she She did did the hard work work. yeah oh my gosh okay well we could obviously continue talking for hours it's a great discussion but let's go ahead and wrap it up um so okay we have been alluding to roland's book which i think i showed in the beginning but here it is the surprising power of joy and um where can we purchase that book roland yeah go to rolandmorton.com there's a store there and And we'll have all these links in our notes yeah i think we even beat amazon on that price on this it's a great place to go uh and instagram roland wharton facebook same place so you'll find all those details at the end of the podcast marvelous and we also alluded to roland does have an e-course that's coming out this year that we're very excited so and we'll probably have you back when that when you launch that and we'll talk about that some more um but that's a really another great resource and there is a whole chapter in this book called joy blockers and some of them overlap with what we talked today and then some of them are totally different so that's a really great resource and you can find us at joysearchers.com that's right good okay go yeah and i'm on instagram at beth dryer and i'm at trinity shalom and again it'll all be linked in the notes thank you guys so much for joining us thank you roland thank you this was so fun love being with you guys it's such an honor yes thanks everyone for listening we'll see you next time bye